Welcome to Her Next Play's Power Chat Podcast, hosted by Sarah Wegman and Audra Emerson. At Her Next Play, our mission is to develop the next generation of women leaders through sports. Sports build powerful leadership skills, and female athletes have enormous leadership and career potential. In our Power Chat Podcast, we talk to inspiring women leaders about sports, leadership, and careers. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Sarah Wegman, and I'm thrilled to welcome our guest today, Jane Helmke, to the Her Next Play Power Chat Podcast. Former softball player at Augsburg, for 35 years, Jane Helmke was a name synonymous with CARE 11 and with girls and women's sports around the Twin Cities and in Minnesota. She started with CARE 11 as an intern her senior year in college, and her first interview was with Billie Jean King. She was hired as a part-time production assistant and became the sports producer and Phil and Sunrise sports anchor, the first female sportscaster in the Twin Cities newscast. Over the next three decades, Jane earned numerous state, regional, and national awards for her work and produced two documentaries on girls and women in athletics that have been incorporated into school curriculum. She has been honored as a pioneer in women's sports by the Minnesota Lynx. Jane, thank you for being on the Power Chat podcast. Thanks for having me, Sarah. It's great to be here. So our Power Chat podcast explores the intersection of sports and careers and how girls being able to play sports uniquely prepares them for leadership positions. So I'd love to just start off with um, the beginning of your long and interesting sports career. How did you, your love of sports begin? Well, I think I was lucky, like uh, many people, who just start playing sports in their backyard, right, with the neighbor girls and boys, and just found that I loved it. And I think the other key thing is that growing up, I was fortunate I came through school post-Title IX, so there really were those kind of opportunities for me, even though I had to go to the school board in my small town and ask for a softball team. Uh, we were able to do it, and they gave us a softball team, and we were able to play. So I feel like just having the opportunity to play makes a big difference, and girls are so lucky today in all the opportunities that are out there. But it doesn't have to be organized sports. My father took me skiing when I was young, and I feel very fortunate that he did that because I still love to ski. And there's just so many great things that come out of sports. I did play in high school, and I was lucky that I went to a college. I wasn't a great athlete, and I think that's important for people to remember that you don't have to be a superstar athlete to get all the great benefits of participating in sports. But I did play with excellent athletes at a Division III college here in town at Augsburg. And uh, we went on, and we played actually other Division I schools. We were really good at the time, and that was a great experience. And actually, I uh, was fortunate that my high school coach introduced me to different kinds of careers in sports. You know, you don't have to be just an athlete to be part of a team. You can be a manager. You can be a scorekeeper. And she recognized that I loved sports and I loved to write and introduced me to people at the University of Wisconsin-Madison who were sports information people when I was in high school. I didn't even know what that career was about, but because I had that exposure, because someone introduced me to it, it was then something that I started thinking about when I was in college. Right. And I would argue that you are an amazing athlete because you were the member of the Augsburg, Augsburg softball team that won the Division Three state championship three times, which must have been an amazing experience. So in retrospect, thinking about that, college athletic experience, how did competing at that high level in college help shape who you are? 
Boy, I think it had such a huge impact for me. Some of my lifelong friends were those players that I played, excuse me, on those teams. And really, um, many of those players could have played in schools across the state and across the nation at even a higher level. And we did play against Division I teams at that time. And so I feel like just being exposed to talent and being exposed to people who are really pushing goals and setting goals and expecting everyone to play at a high level of performance is really important. Regardless of your skill level, you can always do more. You can always practice more. You can always be better and just doing your best. And I think really having that camaraderie, working towards a goal and excelling together really does drive a sense of success that you expect to keep being better, which is, you know, that's something that we all don't learn. And it's really an important skill in any part of your life. Yeah, absolutely. I think that teamwork translates so well to different career situations. And I end up hearing a lot from people just about, you know, how that can differentiate you as an athlete. You're absolutely used to working in a team and trying to figure out your role and working together. And that's something that not everyone um, has the experience to build those skills. So after Augsburg, you had an intern, actually your senior year, you had an internship with CARE. How did you know? It sounds like you had some great mentors in high school or people that exposed you to some of the possibilities, but how did you secure that internship um, at CARE? And I think maybe it was called something else back then, but then um, how did that sort of interest in broadcast journalism start? Well, it is really interesting because I was really fortunate that I did have that experience. So I kind of thought I wanted to do some kind of public relations in sports. I thought that that would be my career path. And if I did that, that I would need an internship with media, right? To understand what media would need from public relations people. So um, it was in the early days of girls being in any of those kinds of businesses. And I decided I was gonna set out to get an internship. And the first television station I called, the gentleman on the other end of the phone said, I don't have time for girls in sports. Wow. And I hope that doesn't happen today, but it happened back then a lot. And then I did call Channel 11, which was WTCN at the time. Now it's CARE 11, the NBC affiliate Minneapolis. And the gentleman there said, come over, you can start today. And that just tells you that you can't listen to people who tell you no. And even at CARE 11, I was, so I was an intern in the sports department, one of the first women um, kind of in the whole journalism field at the time, and certainly in sports. And in terms of actually once the station was bought by what was Gannett, it was a bigger company and they bought the station, they started adding people and the new bosses came in and they called me into their office and I sat on the other side of a desk. I was still a little intern in the sports department, which was great. It was a great experience and the men back there were outstanding role models for me. But the, the men called me into this office. I sat on the other side of a desk and there was a news director and two other supervisors there. And they, as they were adding positions, and they said to me, Jane, what do you want to do? And I said, I would love to be a, the first sports producer. And they all broke into laughter and said, what do you really want to do? Really? So they didn't think you really wanted to do that? Well, they didn't think girls would do that, right? I mean, that was not a job for girls and women at the time, right? So I swallowed really hard, and I'm a very, really a very introverted person. And I said, I want to be a sports producer. And he said, get out of my office. And I stood up 
and walked out of his office. And I thought, well, that'll be the shortest career in broadcasting ever. And as it turned out, a few months later, they did, in fact, make me the first sports producer at Care 11. And I found out I loved it. I loved the medium. I loved, uh, of course, I loved sports, but I loved video. I loved producing sportscasts. It was just really a great fit. And so that was kind of just the start of what became my career. Eventually, I became uh, moved into some other departments, and I produced documentaries and things. But it was just a great experience working back there with the sports department. Right. And so I have to back up a little bit just because Billie Jean King is such an amazing role model for those of us that are passionate about the advancement of women in sports. How did it come to be that you were able to interview her as one of your first interviews, and what was that like? Well, once again, I give credit to Tom Ryther, who was a sports director at CARE 11 at the time, which was WTCN. And I was still an intern at the station, and I knew she was coming to town for some tennis expo or something. And I talked to the sports director, Tom Ryther, at the time, and I said, hey, just so you know, Billie Jean King's coming to town. We might want to interview her for one of our shows. And he said, well, why don't you go do it? And so I was fortunate. They sent me with a photographer to do my first television interview. And I sat down across from Billie Jean King. And she was so gracious and so outstanding. And I, as a uh, novice reporter, asked her way too many questions and took up way much too much of her time. But she sat there through all of them and answered them. And she was great. And at the end, she said, I'm sure you're going to have a great career in journalism. And I was I mean, it just bolstered me, and it does through my career that I had that opportunity and that she was so gracious. And I try to remember that and be patient with other people who are just starting out or trying to do things in journalism, and how can I help them be better at what they're doing? Because it was a great experience. Right. So after their initial reluctance, they put you into the sports um, producer role. And then how did you navigate, you know, given... You had, we were in a male dominated environment. You know, maybe it sounded like there were some questions about you taking the role, not just because of what they thought girls and women wanted. How did you be successful in that male dominated environment? You know, you hear a lot today, especially in leadership workshops and things like that, about being authentic or finding your true north. I think I was fortunate that I just didn't listen to people who tell me no, right? And I just, I loved it. I was fortunate that the people around me supported me and let me have opportunities. They, they carried the state high school tournaments at the time. And so most of the people working in the office, Randy Shaver, Jeff Passolt, uh, Steve Carroll, and Tom Ryder, they had to be down at the state tournament. So I got to do all the work back at the station to help them be successful. And I just, I just did what I loved, and I tried to be the best team player I could be. And I really didn't think about being... Um, a female and a male dominated business. I really didn't think about it. I just really wanted to do the best job I could and I wanted my team to succeed. And I think, frankly, those, those traits came out of sports. It didn't matter whether the team was the state championship team or, or if it was um, something I was playing in the backyard. I just wanted the team to do the best it could. And I felt the same way throughout my career. I've always felt like my job because I was a producer, maybe, I did do a little on-air work, but really I loved being behind the scenes and doing the work, but I've always felt like my job was to make sure everybody else could do their job the best they could. 
I love that. And what do you think as you reflect back on your long career, what do you think made you successful? You know, it sounds like you touched on some of those with those traits, but if you could pick one or two things that you would attribute your success to, what would they be? Well, I think one thing is I picked the right career somehow. Um, I do believe that there is no greater team sport than broadcast news. And somehow I ended up in the crazy career that it is. But I loved it. And it does, it is um, a business that obviously is very committed to making the community a better place. It's very uh, committed to really having a strong leadership role in our community. And I feel like that really speaks to who I am. And so for me, it really was following my true north, right? I loved making an impact on the community. I loved being part of a team. And certainly journalism is that, especially uh, in broadcast television news. And I just feel so fortunate that I grew up in this time where the industry even grew and changed. And we did create more opportunities for women in all different areas. And I just happened to be at that time where I could keep up, keep growing and moving up and moving even into management, right? Was, which was a little, it was certainly unique. It, in fact, it is still unique today even though I was fortunate and had some women who were in some of those leadership roles to really guide me and mentor me as well. So I feel like following your passion, even when some people might think it's not the right thing for you to do, right? Really knowing what your own true north is and staying on track and not listening to people who tell you no. Right. Absolutely. I think that's great advice um, because I think a lot of times, women sometimes get messages that they can't or, you know, um, they need to make sure to follow their own expectations for themselves, not necessarily other people's expectations. So one thing I wanted to touch on just from your perspective being in um, media, you know, one thing that you hear about is that women's sports only gets 4% of um, media coverage. And then, you know, I just was looking this morning, um, I always read the Star Tribune first thing in the morning, and I love such a sports fan. I'm always all over the sports section, but it's just striking just how difficult it is to find women represented there. And so I think obviously part of that is that it's so focused on professional sports. Um, and when it's not link season, um, you know, there's not as much uh, coverage or if it's not um, the white caps aren't being covered, but, you know, there's also a lot of college, you know, coverage, high school coverage, and it's just it's hard not to see women athletes um, reflected um, almost sometimes not at all. So do you have any um, perspective on how can sports media really turn the corner and start to, to cover women's sports more? What's your point of view on that? Well, you know, like everything, it's complicated, right? Um, people who would answer that, some people would say, well, it's because, you know, the audience doesn't care about girls and women in sports, which, as a woman, I don't agree with that necessarily, right? I think that the key thing is that just like anything and just like change in any arena, right, we also need more women who are covering sports. It makes a difference, and you can look at the writers for any of the papers or uh, the women covering sports in um, on TV or on radio today, it makes a difference to see more women covering sports too. And because you do, it's, it's just like diversity, right? We need to make a concerted effort to um, end racism. We do. 
and we need to uh, get out there and make a difference covering women's sports because they can make a difference. Can they make money, right? Um, suddenly, you know, no, a lot of men didn't want to coach women's sports in the early days because there was no money in it. Well, now, you know, a lot of colleges pay a lot of money for coaches and suddenly there are a lot of men who want those jobs and it's harder to find women coaches. It's, it's complicated, right? So I understand all the business models behind it, but really we all got to get involved. We do need more leaders. We need more women in sports businesses. We need more women who are um, journalists who are covering sports. And I do think that those kinds of things made an impact. I do think my voice in the sports department made a difference and we covered some things during those days that we, that we might not have. And some of it was just because it wasn't in someone's purview, right? It, it, it might not, it wasn't uh, intended that we missed this race or this athlete. Um, and then there certainly have been people who've been great advocates of that. I know even Randy Shaver at CARE 11, who for years and years did Athletes of the Week and has been a great proponent of high school sports, both boys and girls, and, and worked hard to make sure that we covered all of those things. And it does make, you, you have to have an advocate. If you want change, you need a champion and you need an advocate. And those can come all over the board, whether they're coaches and athletes continuing to, to call the journalists or whether it's um, increasing the number of women who are actually journalists and advocates who are really um, raising the cause because it's, it's important. And change doesn't happen without a champion. And we need more of those. Right. Absolutely. And so what advice would you have for young women that are trying to break into the broadcasting and producing um, sector? Well, I think it's an outstanding and really important career field. I think it's also rapidly changing and they need to be aware of that, right? I think that the truth is you have to be 100% committed to making a difference in your community. It is an industry where passion makes a difference because it is really hard work. And even if you're covering sports, right? If you are covering sports and you're in the media, you're working nights and weekends all the time, right? How does that play into the kind of life that you see for yourself? If you are uh, producing or if you're in the trenches as a hard news reporter, you might see a lot of different difficult things in our community and you have to be ready for that. So there's a lot that comes with it, but it's extremely gratifying. And I think the most important thing you can do, of course, as I mentioned, is get internships. I'm a big advocate of that because it worked for me. And finding mentors. It's no different than when you're growing up as an athlete or uh, have an interest in any other area, you know, art or whatever it is. But finding those people in your circle, whether they're family or coaches or friends or a neighbor, right, that can be your advocate, that can help you say, yes, I can, not no, I can't who encourages you just to be the best you can and can help mentor and guide you. I know you, Sarah, I'm sure have had many mentors in your wonderful career already, and you clearly understand the, the great value in that, and you've made a career out of it. And I think how we all step out and help each other and help athletes and even girls who are not athletes look for those kind of mentors who say, yes, I can, makes all the difference. 
Right. No, I think the impact of mentors is so critical. And what's interesting is I feel like a lot of young pe young people, I mean, there are some great formal mentoring programs, but not a lot of people have access to those. And so I think sometimes, you know, young people think, oh, to find a mentor, I have to be like, will you be my mentor? And you know, make it very formal. But I've had so many relationships and sponsors and champions that have evolved in lots of different ways. And sometimes that's for a short period of time. And sometimes that's been for a long part of my career. And I think there's a lot of different ways, but you have to be intentional in trying to develop those relationships and invest in those um, to be able to get the benefits of that mentoring. And I also think one of the things we don't uh, encourage girls enough is to recognize when people are not supporting them, right? I always say, don't waste time with people who are telling you it can't be done, right? They can have their opinion, but then move on and find someone who um, encourages you or just believe in yourself that you can, which I know is more difficult today than at any time ever, right? With the social media pressure and you wanna be like everyone else and you don't wanna be left out. And that's a hard thing to buck in this day and age, right? But I think every day of my career or for many years in my career, I wore a little button on my lanyard that says, yes, I can, because that's what I really believe. And I think if, if every girl took on that, right, and said, yes, I can, and they can follow their own path, finding their own true north, that is really the key thing. And there will be times when you don't have a mentor or you don't have that support or you have someone in your ear telling you it can't be done. And that's when you have to kind of dig deep and say, I know this is what I want and I'm going to try it. Now, it might not work out like that exactly. And you know how that is too, right? But the truth is um, you might end up taking a left or a right and finding something even more special. Like I did an internship thinking I wanted to be in public relations and sports teams. But what I found was my true calling in video journalism. And it was only because I had the you know, or took the effort, right, to step out and try that internship at a place that I really didn't know much about. And I made lifelong friends and had just an outstanding experience, produced documentaries and um, got to join the digital world in the early days of digital and build websites and, and eventually was actually the executive producer of the, of the sports department as well. And Randy Shaver, the anchor there, always kids me because First I was his sports intern and then eventually I was his boss. So we kid about that a lot. <laughs> but that, it, it's true, you know, I think how you develop and looking for places you can grow, it's no different than sports. You want that kind of team, team environment. You want to be on a supportive team. And sometimes it doesn't always work out. You might have a coach that doesn't believe in you like you do, or, but then you have to find someone else. And it's the same in your work. You might find end up in a workplace that isn't perfect for you. And that's okay. That's a learning experience. And then you just want to make sure you're moving on to someplace that is a better growth opportunity for you. So I think really keeping your eyes open and being true to yourself, those are the most important things. Absolutely. And so I, I am really interested in hearing about what you're up to now, because I read something about, I can't remember exactly the words, but really interesting sort of digital startup. Um, is there anything you can share about what you have been focused on recently? Sure. Well, I did. I resigned at CARE 11 a couple of years ago, even though I uh, strongly, and uh, but I did for family reasons, actually, to, to help a family member. and. Um, 
During that time, a friend came to me and said, hey, I'm working on this digital startup. Would you come work with me? And so I've kind of been working on that for a couple of years now, and it's been really great. It is content-based, which I'm, of course, really excited about because it is journalism and it's people's life stories. It's a startup called Epilogue, and it is all digital obituaries. So it allows people to write their life story in a very full way with pictures and um, memories and eventually video, all those things that are really a full explanation of a person's life, right? It's a celebration. It's, it's instead of having it be just a couple paragraphs that basically say, these are the people that preceded you in death and these are the people that, um, you know, are still alive. And those are important facts, but there's so much more to a person's story. So really right. for me, it's kind of another stepping stone from journalism because it's such an important part of journalism. And so I'm very excited about that. But really, even, even more so, again, just being exposed to the whole startup industry, right, which is fascinating and kind of, um, I've always loved, as you can see, grassroots and building things and being part of uh, experiences that, that really make a difference in our community, which I feel like this will really will. Well, that's fantastic. Well, thank you for sharing. It's exciting to hear about what you're up to now. Um, so I just wanted to kind of jump off that and ask, you know, kind of what, what do you want? And it's a good jumping off point, like your legacy to be. So if you think back on your career and all the contributions that you've made for girls and women in sports and um, our community, kind of what, what do you want your legacy? Boy, you know, I got to say, um, I've had so many outstanding experiences on and off the field and in my career. And yet I really hope that my legacy is yet to come. I hope that I can continue to make impact and help other people make greater impact as well, because we all look around and say, there's so much more we can do, right? There's so much more work to do. We cannot have a divided country. We, we all want to have opportunity to, be, to live our best lives. I feel like ultimately that's really my calling, right? To help other people do their best work, to help all of us live our best life. And I really, I'm not exactly sure how I will do that in what avenues, um, but I certainly hope to continue to have impact both in sports and uh, in the greater community as well, because we have a lot of work to do in our uh, communities at every single level. So you know, I'm excited about what the, you know, I, I really, I'm focused on hope and I really believe in uh, a brighter future and that this has been an extraordinary difficult year for everyone in, in many different ways. But I think our goal is how do we come out of this stronger? What are we gonna take from it and how do we make our communities better, so. I love it, well we can't wait to keep hearing what's next for you and, and your impact. So I wanted to just wrap things up. We do a rapid fire portion of our question. I have a couple of quick questions for you. Who is your favorite female athlete? Well, I guess I have to say Billie Jean King um, because uh, she was such, so extraordinary at the time. And I, of course, grew up at a time when she had such great impact. And again, because she was my very first professional interview, I just feel like that's probably the case. Even though, frankly, so many of the athletes, all the athletes I actually played with had a great, and coaches had such an impact on my life. I'm very, very fortunate. And then what is the best sports event you've ever been to? 
I would probably say the 1996 Olympic Games. You know, I've covered a lot of sports through the years, major and minor events, Super Bowls and uh, high school games and so many different games. But I was fortunate to be a producer for a, a, a team of 20 at the Olympic Games in Atlanta, and it was an outstanding experience. And interesting enough, one of the, the biggest moments that I will take away from that is when I was walking between venues and there were two young boys who were wearing basketball jerseys and their basketball jerseys had the names of women athletes on the back. And I thought that is a great step. That's amazing. And then um, favorite Olympic sport? Well, probably downhill skiing. And then um, so what's one thing you've been doing differently or to stay busy during COVID and quarantine? I think trying to get outside. To wrap things up, at her next play, we're all about giving visibility to women leaders. So last question, who is a woman leader who is inspiring you right now? Well, boy, I think that there are so many. And it's, it's of course, the blessing and the curse of social media that you can follow a lot of people on social media who are doing some extraordinary things. And frankly, um, even a lot of my women friends who are just really trying to jump in and and be optimistic and be leaders in their own right. I think when you look in business right now, we're lucky in the state of Minnesota with so many outstanding women who are leading the way, whether it's Beth Ford at Land Lakes, whether it's Mary Grove in the startup industry, um, just all across the board, we are so fortunate. And I also, even on an international stage, seeing some of the women around the world who are leaders, who are stepping in to address COVID or their countries and trying to help them all get through it, right? Whether it's uh, the woman leading New Zealand or whether it's you know other parts of the world, I think now is the time for all of us to stand in and lead, right? Not to stand on the sidelines, but how can we help? We all need to be helpers. And I think um, it's not hard to look around and even see your neighbors and make sure that they are, um, they're okay, but also to, to be inspired by them. And I think that's a great thing. There are a lot of people who are saying right now, let's get going, you know, not necessarily getting out and outside, but what are the things we can do right now in the pandemic to make a difference? I love it. Well, Jane, thank you so much for being on the Her Next Play Power Chat podcast. Thank you, Sarah. It's been great to be here. All the best to you. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the Her Next Play Power Chat podcast. We hope you've been inspired to become part of our community and join us in our mission to develop the next generation of women leaders through sports. You can help support us by heading to our website at www.hernextplay.org to join our booster club as a donor or a volunteer. And follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Her Next Play to learn more about our programs and upcoming events. We'll be back soon for the next Power Chat.